Our next reading of Scripture is going to come from 1 John. We're continuing into 1 John this morning. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 2. We're going to be reading verses 18 through 29. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Having a little bit better luck turning to the page this morning than I did last Sunday at our drive-in church whenever... Tim had to ride into the rescue and hold my Bible for me. So uh, that went much better today, Tim, much better. Reading from 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Children, it is the last hour. As you have heard that, heard the, that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But by going out, they made it plain that none of them belongs to us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and all of you have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And you know that no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? That is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Everyone who confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. And that is what he has promised us, eternal life. I write these things to you concerning those who would deceive you. As for you, the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And so you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about things that is true and not a lie, just as he has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so, so that when he is revealed, we may have confidence and not be put to shame before his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who does right has been born of him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, um... It's been an interesting year, hasn't it? Nothing, nothing big at all has happened this year. It's just been pretty kind of, kind of ordinary, kind of humdrum, really nothing. Nothing particularly memorable has happened this year, I would say. I was watching a video recently of a, um, a, a, a woman going back in time and telling her, her, her May self went back in time and told her January self of all that was going to happen. And then she had a part two where her June self went back in time and told her, uh, told her May self what was going to happen. We've had murder hornets, y'all. That's not a real thing. I'm not convinced murder hornets actually exist. I think that's just a buzz. I don't, I, that, we call those red wild. Those, those, those are cow ants. You know what a cow ant is, don't you, Tim? Yeah, everybody knows what a cow we've had. We've had murder hornets in Mississippi forever. It's called cow ants. Besides, I'm from Bogachet. I ain't scared of no hornets. They don't, they don't frighten me in the least. Murder hornets. Now, we're in hurricane season. It's like I, I saw a little meme on Facebook. It said, welcome to Jumanji level six hurricane season. I mean, what, what else can happen this year, huh? It has, been, it has been quite the year. Um. I mean, the Neshoba County Fair has been canceled. I, I told somebody recently, I'm not saying the end's coming, but they canceled the fair. You might want to make sure you're right with Jesus. That's all I'm telling you. 
So I've never been one who's been particularly um, focused on the second coming. That's not a thing that I've really spent a lot of time of my ministry thinking about or chewing on or really reading much about. I, I, have a, I know a little bit about it, but it's not an area that I'm particularly smart about or know a whole lot about. There's a lot of preachers who are more conversant in it than I am. I've always kind of subscribed to Wesley's opinion of the second coming. Second coming, it's going to happen. Yep, that's, uh, that's how he felt. It's going to happen. The greatest size was a sermon that he wrote talking about the second coming. Um, today's text doesn't talk about the second coming per se, but it does talk about a character that we think a lot of when we think about the second coming. And that's the Antichrist. We see in this passage here, John referencing the Antichrist. And he talks about Antichrist. And we're going to, we're going to, that's where we're going to go in just one second. But uh, we see this, and you see, you see how in the text here, John references that the one who is the Antichrist, the one who is opposed to Jesus and that evil lives and exists through him. And so I really, I, I think we, we, we sometimes lose the language of how to speak about evil and how to speak about sin, and how to speak about what is wrong sometimes. We, we have sometimes over, we made everything almost too clinical. There is sin in the world. There is sin within me, sin within you. We live in a fallen and sinful world, and, and the sin that we deal with isn't, isn't always clinical. It's just evil. There is, there is sin that dwells in the world. There's sin that dwells within me, within you. We're going to talk about that in one second. But there's evil. I believe in a literal devil, a fallen angel named Lucifer. He's not an allegory. It's not just some metaphor for evil. But I believe the scripture teaches that there is a literal devil. That's why we sang a mighty fortress. And lo, this world with devils fill. That's, if you ever want to read a beautiful, I think A Mighty Fortress might be one of the best hymns ever written in church history because it tells the story from creation to the second coming of Christ. It's a beautiful story, and it tells of Christ defeating the devil. So we see, I believe, that, I believe in a literal, tangible entity that is the devil. And I think this text teaches and Scripture teaches about one who will rise up in the end times, that is the Antichrist. Who's it going to be? I'm not going to, y'all, you know, listen, my first job out of college was at the Baptist bookstore back when it was the Baptist bookstore. But gosh, back when it still existed. Now it doesn't even exist anymore. Um, before it became Lifeway. And, you know, we, we sold... We sold more left-behind books than Chick-fil-A sells chicken biscuits in the morning. You know, and we all like to guess about who it's going to be. I used to have some pretty good old mistake jokes I tell at this time, but I love y'all, so I'm not going to tell those jokes now. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about that. I read the back of the book. I know who wins. I'm not too worried about it. But Scripture does tell us that there will be one who is that Antichrist, this, one, this entity who will rise up and who will oppose Christ and his church. Okay. That's not the point of this text. In fact, I really like what John here does. Because John kind of turns that concept of the Antichrist kind of on its head. He says, okay, here's the thing. Let's not worry so much about this one big bad 
if, you, if you're one big bad boss guy. Let's look at this. There's not just one Antichrist we need to worry about, but there's all these Antichrists out there who have turned from God, who have wandered from God. So they've gone out from us because they were not part of us. And that this evil has drawn them away from the truth of God and drawn them away from the light. My fear, honestly, y'all, is not the one big bad, bad guy. I mean, I worry about them. Sure, I do. But my fear, honestly, is the evil that lurks within all of us. This evil that it talks about here who draws us away. And we turn to evil. We give in to the darkness that lay within. We're fallen. We're the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. And we're drawn to the sin like a moth to a flame. I've never been a big fan of the old uh, phrase, the devil made me do it. Because if the devil made me do it, guess whose fault it's not? Mine. That's simply not the case. Scripture tells me that I'm responsible for my own sin and I'm responsible for my own choosing. So my fear, y'all, in this moment in the world, my fear for this moment in our churches, in our families, in our lives, is not this one big, bad, evil, awful antichrist rising up. But my fear is that, that evil that we're all tempted to, that evil that always lurks beneath the surface. The Bible says the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. He's looking, he's prowling, he's on the look for weakness. And we're all running pretty hot right now, aren't we? This moment is bubbling up within our souls. And it's so easy for me to turn, evil, turn inward and, and to let the evil fester within me. I think that's what the devil wants. I think the devil wants us all to turn inward and to let the evil just burn hot. Let sin burn hot. Let rage burn hot. Let contempt burn hot. Let all these things burn hot. And these things will make our heart dark, make our love run cold, and will drag us away from God. Drag us away from loving the world and loving each other, from loving our neighbors we love ourselves as Christ commands us to do. My fear, y'all, is not just that one big, bad, evil antichrist. But my fear here is what John talked about, these antichrists, these who were part of us but left us. My fear is that, the, is, is that evil that, that's always breathing on our neck, the temptation, the lust, the pride, the hatred, the envy, the wrath, the malice, the contempt, the self-centeredness, all these things that this world is a bubbling cauldron of right now, calling us 
to walk away from the truth, to walk away from God, to walk away from that which is right, and walk into darkness, walk into hatred, walk into contempt. And it doesn't start off bad, y'all. I don't worry about most of my church folk going out robbing a bank right now. I don't worry about most of my church folk going out and committing murder. Sin never starts off big. It starts out small and little. And honestly, almost innocent, doesn't it? Those little white lies that no one notices. Those little things that nobody's paying attention to. It's not just the evil of the Antichrist who can destroy us, but it's that evil. It's nipping at our heels all the time, trying to pull us away from Christ. But here's the thing, y'all. Goodness works the same way. Goodness works the same way. And so just like a little bit of evil can go a long way to destroy everything. A little bit of good can go a long way to restore everything. Say it's Father's Day, for instance. It's always a, golly, as a preacher. I tell you, every year, Father's Day and Mother's Day is the hardest days to preach on. Because I don't know your stories, especially those you watch online. I don't know your stories. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you've had an amazing family or a terrible family. I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. So I try not to assume a lot. But I know this. I could have been lost to evil very easily. I could have been. When my biological father murdered my mother, yeah, evil could have definitely have risen up, destroyed my soul, pulled me from any potentiality for loving God and loving people. Sure could have. In fact, it's probably what should have happened. But you know what happened instead? Well, first and foremost, my Savior, Jesus, is the primary reason. Secondary reason is Connie Stoddard. My daddy. He adopted me. He raised me as his own. He taught me how to work. He was a common, ordinary man, truck driver, salt of the earth, worked hard his whole life. I don't think I ever saw him calling a day six his entire life. 
Works hard to this day. He complains. He's in his 80s now. He's like, I don't feel good. Like, well, Daddy, in your 80s, like you're allowed to have a bad day occasionally. You're allowed to not feel too great. It's okay. You're in your 80s. Loved me. Taught me. Cared for me. Was the best man in my wedding. Evil could have taken me down at a very young age. Connie Stoddard didn't do anything great. He was a common, ordinary man. But what he did was small acts of goodness and kindness that any man's capable of doing. Evil and hatred should have been the song of my life. Should have been but it wasn't. Connie Stoddard, my daddy, is one of the reasons why. So in many ways, I fear that evil that lurks within each of us, but I'm hopeful for the goodness that the Holy Spirit calls us to. The devil is always whispering evil in our ear. And the Holy Spirit is always calling us to light. That old cartoon of the devil and the angel on our shoulders, which one we choose. I know that my daddy has been a redemptive presence in my life, my entire life. And I am so thankful for him. He undid the evil that was lurking. And you can too. You can too. You can undo the evil that lurks in others' lives. You can undo the hatred that we see all around us. You can undo all these things. You can. You have that power through the Holy Spirit now to do that. You can do it. You can. I believe in you. Your church believes in you. And most of all, Jesus Christ believes in you. Because if we read the back of the book, guess what? The Antichrist is defeated. Evil is defeated. The devil is defeated. Wrong is defeated. And goodness wins. So yes, I'm afraid of that evil that lurks. But I know that evil will be defeated. So my prayer for me and for you on this day is that we allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives, defeating that evil that lurks within. Listen to the Holy Spirit that calls us forward to the goodness that calls us and live in God's grace each day. You don't have to give in to the evil that lurks. You can respond to the Holy Spirit. You can live in that light. Today, that choice lay there in front of us. Today, what do we choose? Let's pray.